the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby, your host on AM870 The Answer. Thanks for being with us this uh, late morning, coming up on noon. Uh, listen, our focus is to always make things a little bit more in the common sense world. Uh, if you're a financial guy or gal, if that's your job, uh, great. I can use uh, all sorts of technical terms. Just think of the career you retired from or, or where you currently work. Somebody walks in the door and tomorrow they walk in and try to explain to you uh, you know, their industry, you would say, I have no clue, but let me tell you about mine. So often in the financial world, very big words and financial topics are often confused. And here's, what's, here's what I find that happens. Percentages uh, are used to manipulate you, uh, dollar figures when it's appropriate, using big terms and standard deviations and betas, and we're going to use an asset allocation portfolio and you say, uh, listen, I'm a principal of a high school. Uh, what does that mean to me? Or, or, or listen, I'm an engineer. You, do you want a bridge done? Because I, I can give you those, you know, the, the stress numbers with wind and gravity and earthquake. I can do that. But when it comes to the proper balance allocation. So uh, I'm sharing that with you, not because I think you're dumb. <laughs> of course not. I think that the financial world either, and there's only really two options, either they... Forget, like a lot of us, you get immersed in your world and your normal uh, becomes a very complicated world. So financial uh, experts, if you will, uh, begin to use terms and topics that are a little bit more confusing. Number one, I, I, that's, that, that's probably more likely, especially if you're newer with customers or people and you don't live outside of a bubble, may, maybe that's you. Or you purposely know that by the glazed look over in someone's eyes and the tilting of their head and their brows being furrowed and looking at you going, uh... and then when you turn around and, and then you're handed a, a notebook, uh, which seems like, uh, you know, the next war and peace. And it's called, here's the disclosures that you can't sue me for the things that I'm telling you. And on page 74, if you look in the fine print on six point font, right on the bottom in light gray writing, you'll see that, yes, you could lose everything. And you say, well, that's nice, but you told me it was safe, it was protected. You told me, no, I didn't really say that. What I said was it's guaranteed against a... See where I'm going with that, guys? So what I want to do is kind of make it simple. I want to break it down so that it's easier to understand. And if the products and services that you're working with are appropriate for you, fantastic. Nobody is right for everybody. No product, no service. There is certainly no financial advisor or, or professional or insurance guy or stockbroker gal. None of us are right for everybody. But what I found when I had gotten, <laughs> when, I, when I was one of those guys that was taken in a scam, I was about 25, 26 years old, right? I had saved up about $150,000. And virtually everything that I had had was taken in not one, but three different types of scams. And one of them I'm going to go over today with you because I think I, it, it is a, a bit more prevalent when the world meaning in our case southern california begins to have a greater amount of value of wealth you start to see things change in other words you start to see the cost of normal goods and services so people might call it inflation go up in price you start to see more new cars driving around you know that's kind of interesting when i was growing up there weren't a lot of new cars there were a few you'd see them but today, with creative financing and with people making a lot more money than they ever did before, you're seeing the price of cars go up. With the cost of rent, just look at rent. $2,000 a month, 3000 4000 in some cases, for a three- or four-bedroom home in a nice neighborhood, of course. But we're not talking 
you know, a mansion on the hill in Beverly Hills. And you see the cost of rent. That means a family has to make about four times that. You understand that? So if rent is $2,000 a month, statistically speaking, they should be making around $100,000 a year. Now you might say, well, yeah, that's easy to do in my job. Maybe. It's not that difficult in, in Southern California. But you understand that a lot of middle class folks aren't making 100000 a year. So where do these dollars come from when at the end of a conversation you sit down and you say, why is it that things like promissory notes are becoming so prevalent? I have found, because that's one of the scams I got taken into, I have found that promissory notes in general are often not understood by the folks that are buying them. Now, I don't know if they're scams or not. You never know the heart of the person who's selling it. But what you do know is the complexity of them can really turn around and make it so it's difficult to understand it, number one. Number two is it's often you're the last one in line, right? You're generally not going to be the one that gets paid if things don't go well. So consider this. When you are in a promissory note scenario, it is literally just somebody's word. I mean, it's a little more than that, legally speaking, but it's a promise. If you give me $100,000, I promise to give you this. You need a financial uh, expert and, in my opinion, a legal expert, somebody who understands the word, the world of finances, because here's what happens in a promissory note. You are in turn... According to the IRS, this is the IRS talking about the, the frauds and the scams that they, that they get. Every once in a while, they run what's called the dirty dozen scams. And promissory notes often find themselves over the last 10 years on that list more often than not. It's a form of debt similar to a loan or an IOU, meaning a company may issue it to raise money. So there's legitimate purposes for it. But typically, an investor agrees to loan money to the company. Usually, there's a set period of time. There's uh, things that have to happen. We're going to loan money until we get the new funding. We're going we're to borrow money from you until the next building is built. So in exchange, the company promises to usually pay a fixed return. Sometimes they're going to pay you back principal and interest. And here's where I get a lot of the misconceptions, guys, because this is a big problem. Sometimes people say, I have a promissory note, and I, and I gave them $250,000, and I'm getting a, a, a check back for $5,000 a month. So oh, that's a pretty darn good rate of return. But what you don't know is that a big portion of that payment is a return of principal. So you think you're giving 250000 and they're giving you back a monthly check for 10 years. And then in your mind, you think at the end of 10 years or five years, whatever the term is, that you're going to get your principal. In other words, a big check for 250000 That is not how often these things work. Often I see that they're paying you back a monthly amount and part of that monthly amount is your principal being returned to you. That means the money you put in. So only a portion of that is interest. The Securities Exchange Commission and, and state securities regulators across the country, they've been joining forces over the last decade to combat fraudulent sale of promissory notes because it's so easy to trick people with these. And they can't stop every fraud. They make it real clear. Hey, listen, we can't stop everything. So consumers, you're going to have to beware. You're going to have to pay attention. This is your own money. You know, don't forget, guys. This is your responsibility. This isn't a world where, you know, we haven't, we haven't entered the safe space, crying room, slash, uh, you know, I'm not responsible for my behavior completely anyway. We haven't entered that world yet. So here's a fraudster. Here's, here's how you can kind of tell. Often these are going to be perpetrated by either life insurance agents selling promissory notes. Um, we saw this a lot with the Woodbridge scam that was out there, right? Some of you have been taken in the Woodbridge deal. I know that, that uh, you know, you got some of you were sold that on purpose or by accident by David. Look, it's not, uh, it, it was a math problem, right? When we were approached by this, I don't know, three, four years ago, two, three years ago, whatever, they said, hey, you, you should sell this. Here's the way it works. All I did is bring out a calculator, you guys. It's not that difficult. You just sit there and you go, one plus one. Da, 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 da. That, it's not going to work. Mathematically, there's no way this can financially work. It's either a Ponzi scheme or some sort of a, 
you know, magic pill. So it wasn't difficult for a lot of people to look at it and say something's wrong with the story. But some agents either chose to not look at it. They didn't do their due diligence. So often you saw people with securities licenses hiding under the, I'm a fiduciary. Well, it doesn't mean anything. I'm a fiduciary. I'm supposed to do what's right for you. Really? It's illegal to rob banks, too. Do you think that stops people? (laughs) It's illegal to, I know. Let's take away their guns. Yeah, guns and it's drunk driving. And put up a sign that says Prop 65. All of that will keep the world safer. <laughs> Here's another one. Investors who purchase promissory notes, they're often enticed by really high fixed rates of return. For example, we see this fraud happen a lot when interest rates plummet in, in banks and CDs. You see this when you turn around and you look at a 0.07% rate of return in a bank. And you're saying, listen, I have $300,000 sitting in Bank of X. I want to make more money than this. So you go out there and you, you, you try to find a place. And, and listen, financial advisors aren't any different. Financial professionals are not different than the rest of the public. They want to be liked. They don't like giving bad news. They don't like uh, being uh, the problem, right? Nobody likes those things. I don't care what field you're in. We like to be treated <clears throat> with respect. We like to be told that we're doing the right thing. Oh, you're so awesome. Oh, I know. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome. No, you're awesomer. You're awesomest. Right? Everybody likes that. It doesn't matter what you do. And here's the challenge. They throw around the word guaranteed. Just like when you watch those infomercials on TV and they say, lifetime guarantee. You're like, but who's life? You, Mr. Uh, spokesperson? Mine? Who's life? So guaranteed, I don't know what that means. Guaranteed by who? By what? For what reason? It's insured. Insured by who? Right? Ask Puerto Rico. Some of you had California-insured tax-free bonds. That's great. You think California? Good. Big big state. Tax-free? Yeah, no, I like tax-free. Insured? My gosh, can it get any better? And then when you look at the details, right, it was published in, I think, the Wall Street Journal that a lot of you in California insured tax-free bonds happened to invest in a very corrupt place. Oh, it's called Puerto Rico. Maybe you've heard of it. Right? They still don't have electricity, what, on a third or half of the island? Because they never had electricity? No, because it's a cor- every dollar that goes in there, it's l- given to line the pockets of enormously corrupt. And surprise, they're all Democrats, but don't tell anybody. Right? I'm not saying Republicans can't be corrupt or mess around. We see it. It happens. But when you have a system where people are given things for just existing... Ah, you breathe. Oh, you're a minority. Oh, things that you couldn't control, like being born that way. Here's money. Called affirmative action. You can go to college. How many of you have lost jobs because of your race? And I'm not talking to just to white people or black people. Or It's not right to use it at any time. How many of you have lost money? It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter your political affiliation. When these fraudsters come about, they often will use some of these proceeds to support an elaborate Ponzi scheme. Here's what I mean. They use your money to pay the guys that came before you. So instead of investing it and making 10% and giving you four and keeping three uh, for a commission or the sales force or one or two, whatever, whatever their formula is, as in the Woodbridge case, the guy was paying for his own boats and planes and houses and whatever else he was buying. But it was coming due. People had a nine-month contract or a one-year contract. And so the new investors that would come in were used to pay for those guys. So be very careful with that. Here's another thing. I want to give you some tips to avoid these things. Bear in mind that legitimate corporate promissory notes do exist, but they're not usually sold to you. You're a great person. You're wonderful. You might have $4 million saved. You still aren't that special to the financial world. You are to me, and I'm sure your financial advisor, right, we care about you. That's nice. But don't believe that you're going to get in on some sort of a deal. I know this is hard for you to understand, but these sham promissory notes, guys, they're not sold to the public normally. There's so much money sitting behind the scenes that was sitting and still is sitting in money market accounts and cash accounts and checking and savings that large, large institutions like pension funds and mutual funds, they're often the first ones to the party on these, on the legitimate ones. 
So just be careful. If someone's knocking on your door, go, listen, my wife thinks I'm pretty special, but why do you think I'm special? Find out whether the investment scam, uh, the investment scheme, I should say, Freudian slip. Number two, find out whether or not it's registered with the SEC or the state securities regulator. Now, it might even be exempt from registration. That's okay, too. It's not necessarily a red flag one way or the other, but most legitimate uh, promissory notes can easily be verified by checking the SEC's database. Or you can call a security state regulator. There's uh, often a way, maybe maybe you were, maybe your brother-in-law works for some place that gives you an insight to these things. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But just be careful because they they often are not going to knock on your door. Here's another one. Be skeptical if the seller tells you that the promissory note is not a security. Now, remember, skeptical doesn't mean 100%, but the types of promissory notes involved in a promissory note scam usually are securities. And they usually should be registered, but they're not. So make sure the proper the seller is properly licensed. Here's what I mean. Insurance agents cannot sell securities. No different, right? A Ford dealer cannot sell Hondas. Just, all right. Doesn't mean one is better than the other, but realize an insurance agent sells insurance products. A securities person, meaning commodities, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that's what they sell. Now, if somebody, and this is just a side note, ever tells you, I can do it all, I can sell it all, legally and regulatory, they might be able to. That's wonderful. But now you've got to ask yourself, what are you good at, though? Oh, well, our firm is licensed since 1874, and we can do everything. And you say, that's nice, but, but this is my life savings. I'm 61 or 68. I can't go backwards. What are you good at? I'm tired of being the, 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 the guinea pig, the practice for my financial team. Tell me what you're good at. I'll give you the portion of money that is appropriate for that. And then go over here and do whatever's appropriate for that and get an expert over here. You might have two things wrong with you. You might have a cardiologist and a podiatrist. They both are called doctor. You can schedule an appointment Tuesday at 10 a.m. with both of them. But why would you go to a specialist? Because you only have two feet. You only have one heart. Don't let them practice. The family practice guy who just got out of a medical school last summer He or she wants to be able to work on you because they're working on getting their general practice. Really? You go general practice on somebody else. All right, here's another one. Compare the rate of return that a promissory note would earn with current market rates for similar fixed rate investments, long-term treasury bonds, or FDIC certificates of deposit. Okay, it might be a little higher. It's supposed to be because you're certainly taking some risk. But don't ever think, like especially in the Woodbridge thing, it's a one-year CD. Back when one-year CDs were paying 1%, 2% at the most, and these guys were promising 5 and 6. Okay. Be very careful. There's a red flag that should go up in your head. I'm okay making a little bit of interest understanding. Okay, but why is it so attractive? What is missing? Okay, so those are promissory notes. I want you to avoid being taken in those. We see those a lot, especially in turmoil in markets when the, when the short-term uh, funds, the short-term scenario for interest rates are pretty low, right? People are looking at ways to try to find another source of revenue. All right, here's another one that I want to touch base with you. We are seeing, remember how I said that the economy is doing well, the market is at all-time highs. People are having reasonable financial success, whether it's pensions or social securities. They bought rental property, right? You bought a rental property and, and refinanced it or financed it at 4.1% or something. And today, instead of a $1,000 a month payment, you're, that's fine, but you're collecting $2,500 a month in rent. So with all of the tax write-offs and the extra income, a lot of folks don't need to pull money from their retirement accounts just yet. But at age 70 and a half, you have to. You know what it's called? The required minimum distribution. So let me make it clear to you because they're so funny how they, they're like, hey, let me, uh, 
you know, we're financial people. It's uh, the year following the year you turn 70 and a half on or before April 1st. That's the first required distribution. You can take it, of course, December 31st. Let me keep it simple. If you are born in the first half of the year, like me, I am born in March. So the year that I would turn 70, six months later, I turned 70 and a half. So my required minimum distribution, I have to take it that year, but I get a little bit of a grace period. I am required to take it by April 1st of the next year. So the year following the year that I turned 70 and a half. So for example, if I turned 70 in, on, in March, I would turn 70 and a half in September, six months, uh, or, or the next year is April, boom. That's it, April 1st. I can take my distribution before the end of the year, that's fine, then I'm only required to take one the next year. So I have to have it out by April 1st. The second one, because I didn't take that next year, has to be out by December 31st. And then every year, December 31st, December 31st. You can take it out before, but you're required. Now, if you're born in the second half of the year, my wife of 27 years, she's born in October. She would turn 70 in October. Six months later, it's the next calendar year. So she, she gets one more year before she is required to pull out the money. So if you're born in the second half of the year, it's the year after you turn 70 and a half. If you're born in the first half of the year, it's the year. Now, look, when you think about this, and you're a farmer or you're an electrician, you're a school teacher, you're a plumber, you're a police officer or a retired firefighter, do you understand this stuff? Of course not. But you all have access to, to retirement accounts that have this requirement built into it. So you ask your financial professional, and they say, well, yeah, of course, the requirement. I'm just you say, man, listen, uh, did you want your house rewired? Because I'm the guy for that. But the financial stuff, I'm supposed to trust you. So why wouldn't the financial world just make it simple? Like Congress, the IRS, hey, listen, when you turn 70, you got to take out money. But boy, that'd be easy. Everybody knows when their birthday is. But how many of you celebrate the half birthday? <laughs> Nobody Unless you're newly dating and it's your, uh, we've been together for six months. You know what day it is? You're like, oh, crud, no. Valentine's? Nope. It's our six-month anniversary. Remember that from high school? <laughs> That's the last time I remember celebrating six months of anything. So keep in mind, their job is to not make it simple and easy to understand. If they did, it would just be your birth date. So the required minimum distributions. Here's a couple of traps we have seen people get caught up into this. They make mistakes. And if you don't take out the money, you could be subject to a 50-5-0, penalty. Do you, do you realize how much that is? 50% is a huge number, you guys. So in other words, if you were supposed to take out $10,000, <laughs> what they do is they say, oh, well, you were supposed to take out 10000 Here's your penalty. Bam, $5,000. Thank you for coming. So if you didn't take it out, they could force the $10,000. you are like, what do I got to check for? That's a taxable event. They penalize you $5,000. That's, a, a, ta- that's a, a, a penalty. But if you don't have that 5000 just sitting around, they can make you go back into your retirement account, force that out. That's also taxable. So you could end up with somewhere around 90% of the money that you thought you were supposed to take out going to fees, fines, penalties, and taxes, state and federal. So don't make that mistake, you guys. The required minimum distributions. Now, by definition, you're a little older, and the IRS understands that. So if you have not taken it out for a year or two, or you forgot, or you didn't understand it, or you didn't take out as much as you were supposed to, it is best for you to check with your, your CPA or your financial advisor, but usually your CPA understands this stuff, and they'll go through and they'll say, all right, here's what we do. We take out the distributions for the prior years that we were supposed to. We write a little note on your tax returns to the IRS, and we say, hey, listen, I know we were supposed to take this money out, but we didn't, so uh, we are now. All is good. Please don't penalize us. And often the IRS is pretty good about that. We don't see them as... Uh, you know, if you're the one that tells on them, uh, tells on yourself, if you will, and goes to the party, 
Usually I don't see that penalty or fee, but we have seen it. We have seen it when people forget, and it's a huge number, a million dollars in your retirement account, your, reti- your required minimum distribution might be forty dollars or $50,000. And if that's the case, the IRS wants their penalty. So make sure it's not you that makes the mistake, all right? When we come back, I'm going to get into a couple of things, especially built around some of the traps, because the trap uh, that really can, can hurt you when it comes to required minimum distributions is when you think, especially, that things are on this automatic system. And I need you to double check to make sure you are on an automatic payment and it lines up with the dollar figure you're supposed to take out. Sound a little confusing? Don't worry. I will clarify it. It will be clean. It will be simple. Just like Total Financial Solutions is all about. Trying to keep things simple and easy to understand. You can always give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. That's 888-997-3847. If you have a more uh, private question, that number works during the week as well. I'd be happy to talk with you if I can. Welcome to the Total Financial Hour. We will be right back with the next half hour of the program. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is your place for news, talk, and information. AM 870, The Answer. And we'll be right back. Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Thank you for staying with us. And for those of you just joining us, here's our number, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. The total financial hour, I'm Arif Hallaby. Your host on AM870, The Answer. Total Financial Solutions makes this possible. So we, of course, always thank them and make it uh, really a big deal because the idea is to bring simple concepts that are real and get away from some of this, we're smart, you're dumb, sign here, pay us a fee, right? Uh, Oh, Eric, it's so oversimplified. Oh, gosh, you guys wait till you hear these. I think you're going to be shocked when you hear the, the pension stuff that's going on and some of the fees that are happening here in, in uh, some of the ways that some of the fees are charged. I think you'll be surprised about that. Okay. Here's what I want you to, once we finish up with RMDs, some of the traps of the required minimum distribution. The IRS says you're not allowed to keep your retirement account forever and not take any money out of it. Even if you get to age 70, 71, and you don't need the money, they don't care. You might say, I want to keep it for my long-term care insurance. I want to help it you know, with my... Um, for my elderly parents, or I may want to give it to my children or grandchildren's college. So I don't need it. I'm good. Doesn't matter. You're forced to take money out. So here are a couple of traps that I want you to watch out for. Number one, often in things like variable annuities. Now you've heard me talk about this. If you have, uh, these are my least favorite of all kind, all time. Why? Simply because you have risk and fees. In other words, the fees that I have found are somewhere between 3 and 4% is generally the average. I think Wharton School of Business did a study, and the average variable annuity fee was right around 3.5%. So just let's think about 3%. If you have the market return 10%, because you have a 3% fee, you only go 7%. And if the market loses 10%, you don't just, in your account, you don't just lose 10, you lose 13 So you're always going to make less and you're always going to lose more. If that happens, it puts you in a position to when the the required minimum distributions come out where you could end up in a problem. Here's why. Because any account that has risk and fees, the the, the number that's based for your required minimum distributions, the numbers that, that the formula is based on December 31st of the previous year. So you take the money out the next year. Well, if between December 31st and today, when you need the money or, you, or you're going to take it out, the market has dropped, it doesn't matter. You still are forced to take out a much higher percentage. So let's say the percentage you're supposed to take out is 4% and that your account value is $100,000. Then you're four times, right? 4%. It's $4,000. So this year you are required to take out 4000 But if your account, like many people, have dropped this year from 100000 down to, oh, let's say ninety-five, 
you're still required to take out $4,000. That doesn't mean that you have a 4% required minimum distribution anymore. It's much, much higher. The percentage, right? Because it's based on a much higher number. So be very careful. If you have a required... Now, listen, if it works for you the opposite way, right? Your 100,000 grows to 120. Great, you win. That's nice. I never have a problem with you paying a fee and making money. I never have a problem with you, right? Listen, that's great news. Just so you know, I'm happy when you are happy, right? I'm, I'm on your side here. But be very careful when you have fixed or, or fixed indexed annuities that have fees or variable annuities that have fees because you're paying a fee, they're sending you money based on a formula, and if it doesn't match the required minimum distribution, not only are you paying a fee, but you are losing the value of your account at a much higher and much more rapid rate. So here's something to, to pay attention to. You're going to get letters eh, probably January 1st, 2nd week. It's called the fair market value letter. Keep those handy. The fair market value letters that you receive will have the amount of money that is in that account and that you're required to take out. But understand this, you are allowed to go through and combine accounts provided that they are of the same title. I risk making a little bit more confusing here, but, but I think it's important. Most of AM870, the listeners uh, are, are certainly sophisticated enough to follow along with most of what I'm talking about. So stay with me on this. If you have an IRA, individual retirement account, over at company X and an IRA at company Y, if they are the same things, IRA to IRA, you are not required to take out money from each of them, but from the aggregate. So you can add them together and take everything out of one account as long as you satisfied the other IRA. But you are not allowed, and here's a trap, you're not allowed to combine 401k money, 403b, right? If you're a teacher, a hospital worker, nonprofit, 403Bs, you cannot combine a 403B and a 401K or 403B and an IRA. You have to keep them separate. And when you're required to take money out, don't think, oh, I took a lot from this account, so I don't have to take it from that account. That's not necessarily the case. Work with your CPA or your financial advisor, your financial professional, and make sure that they're either on the phone with the companies, they understand what's going on with your CPA. We work closely with your uh, accountants and tax professionals. We're guided by them when it comes to tax planning and tax uh, problems, right? They're the, pro- they're the professionals or the experts. Let me give you one more because I think this is kind of important. When you're looking at a planning strategy of what, what account to take money out and when to take money out, think of it like this. When you have the RMD or the required minimum distribution come out, if you don't need the money, if you're saying, listen, I don't need it, but I just don't want it to sit in my bank account. I get I have to pay taxes on it. That's a problem, but okay. Consider taking that required minimum distribution and either paying down debt, right? There's a savings there with interest that you might owe, or consider using certain life insurance policies like guaranteed whole life plans or indexed universal life plans where you can take the dollars and sink those into the plan so that when you retire or when you die or when you need the money at a later date, it is usually worth a lot more, sometimes a lot more, especially in the form of life insurance. You say, but I need my retirement account to go for my spouse. Well, the way to leverage it, if you're reasonably healthy, you don't have to be perfect health, is to consider using a life insurance policy. doesn't work for everybody. It's not right for everybody, but it is an option. And consider this. You can be preemptive, meaning your required minimum distributions might put you in a world of hurt later on down the road. But if we have a couple of years, two or three or four years, we can start doing things accordingly. Your, your CPA will say, listen, here's the number that you can take out. We get it out of that world to a place where you don't have to pay taxes on it later because it's already been taxed, right? It's a taxable event once it comes out. So consider that as an option. Uh, Certainly, if you have questions, you can always get a hold of us at 888-99-RETIRE, 
Okay, here's another uh, exciting plan. Are you ready for this? The big myth about America's pension crisis? Oh, my gosh. If you paid attention last year, uh, or last week, you heard me talk about last year how, how messed up the system is. Here's an example. Here's an overview and a, and a recap. Number one, when you add California's state and local, just state and local debt, bond, state debt, pension debt, we are just about $1 trillion in debt. $1 trillion in debt. My favorite number here, which is going to blow you away, is that remember how I said that professionals and, and folks try to use percentages when it works best for them? It's only this much. Our fees are only 1.5%. Like, oh, one and a half. that's a pretty low number. I'll take it. I like that. And when you look at the reality, you have a quarter of a million dollars in the account, you're paying $250 a month in fees. You say, wait a second, why am I paying 250 Well, because we regulate the uh, formula with the computer. We have a model. We pay the managers, the money managers, and the processing, and the we look to the stamps, darn it, when we send them to you. <laughs> you say, well, that's nice. I'll look my own stamps. Thank you. Here's one of my favorite parts. They're going to try to tell you in the pension world, listen, listen, pensioners, they're not making that much money. It's like twelve or fifteen dollars or $27,000 a year. It's nothing. Yeah, because you include Kentucky and the guy that takes out the trash in the suburb of, of Alabama. You, folks, you're not paying for them. Don't fall, trick, uh, fall to the tricks of using the rest of the United States numbers when it comes to your required pension uh, liability here in the state. I'm not saying policemen and firemen and workers for the city state. That's part of their deal. That's what they supported. That's, that's why they worked in some cases for those entities. What I'm saying is the politicians let you down. Your union leaders knew the math. I have been in rooms with them. I have sat with them. They know that you uh, are not going to get what was promised without an enormous change. But they will fight for it anyway because they think they're supposed to eat from the host until the host dies. Instead of a symbiotic relationship where everybody can win and we can all thrive and it's not too much in one area or not too much in the other, many of these negotiation tactics at the end eat away and they start taking stuff from the Titanic as it's sinking. Oh, I want the deck chairs. Oh, oh, give me this vase or vase because you, know, you, you stayed on the top deck of the, of the Titanic. They say, oh, there's only a few people making sixty, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 a year. And they talk about some eye surgeon in, New York, in, in Oregon. Silly, silly. Take a look at the city of Los Angeles. Go to transparentcalifornia.com. Put in city of LA. Look at the amount, click on the pension side, not the salaries. Look at the income that these folks are earning. Now, I am not saying they should not be making that. I am glad they are making that. But you cannot on one side give it away for free there and not be honest with the people that there's no way in the world it's supported. 50, 60% of LA City's budget in the next coming years, 60% is going to go to fund the pensions because there isn't enough money in there. You want to know something even worse? The average pension across last year was supposed to, get a, get a load of this, was supposed to earn 7.5%. That was their assumption. In 2016, we're going to earn 7.5%. Ready what they earned? According to Pew Research, 1. 1%. Remember, a pension is funded by the employee, they go to work, they put in money. The city says, for every hour you work, we're going to put in $1.25, whatever the number is. So the employee puts in money, the city puts in money, and then the interest inside of the pension is supposed to make money, right? The, the dollars earn interest. So there's three ways that it grows every single year. One way that it goes backward, well, two ways that it goes backwards every single year. Somebody retires and says, okay, I'm done putting in, I now want to take out. So they now receive a check. But because there was so much interest 
taxpayer money and employee money in there, the person receiving the check, the formula is supposed to work. The second way that it goes backwards is because they invest in very risky schemes. Like Harvard, you heard on the last commercial. We couldn't believe it when Dennis and I were talking about it. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't believe it at first. He's like, are you kidding me? Harvard lost $1.1 billion. The smartest people in the world. The largest endowment of any sort that I know of. $1 billion was lost in some sort of Brazilian uh, agricultural thing. Listen, nobody cares about uh, your environmental hogwash. Forgive the word. Nobody cares. Math doesn't care that you are environmentally sensitive to plastic straws, so let's buy paper straws. Nobody cares. Math is one plus one is two. Will people buy the product? Is it worth it? Yes, let's invest. But when you think your money is supposed to have some sort of social agenda, it is not. Your money is supposed to make money. Ask Mr. Wonderful on the CNBC uh, Shark Tank, right? I am certainly not as secular as that guy. Certainly not as... Uh, black and white when it comes to, to human beings, right? He's a bit more harsh than I am. But he does have a point when he says, I care about my money making money. That's what you should care about with your pension. If you feel like you want to take a social stand, you want your pension to not invest in guns, tobacco, alcohol, small children, whatever. Got it. Then you better understand that, oh, sorry, because we did that and nobody else thought it was a good idea, your pension is, you took a social stand, darn it. Your pension will go back 18%. You will lose money this year, but you took a social stand. Fantastic. Just be prepared for the consequences. I'm okay. Now, listen, there is a line, folks. Don't be silly. There's a black and white line. You're not going to you know, invest in uh, third world uh, gun trafficking or drug running uh, with the best routes from Central America. For, really. But if it's a legal entity and an enterprise, the job of the pension fund is not to socially manipulate any kind of industry. It's to make you money. And where we lost was 1%. The average, uh, here, this is a good one. The National Association of State Retirement Administrators calculates that pension contributions uh, account for 4.7 of state and local spending. That has doubled in 10 years. That means that not only are they putting in a normal number, but when at the end of the year, there are many contracts where they say, sorry, we didn't make that much. We didn't put in that much in our normal calculations. So the city, you have to make it up. School district, you have to make up the difference. State, Workers, you have to make up the difference. Now, here's the problem. You can be somebody who is not going to receive a pension. In fact, most of you aren't going to receive a pension from a government agency. But you are required to put extra money in. In fact, I think your property is going to be taxed higher. I just That's the only thing that's going to be left in California that is, not, that is of value. Because people with big retirement accounts often will leave and their residents will be outside of California. We've talked about that. This migration of Californians, I've been talking about this for a decade. Today, one out of three of my clients leave the state of California when they retire. In fact, year to date, it's almost one out of two. That's important you understand that because they are people that don't take a job. They employ lots of people, the hairdresser, the dry cleaner, the restaurant. They employ lots of people. They do not take a job. We want those people. Florida was right on years ago when they said, hey, listen, you retirees, come on down here. Just spend money. Because that's what retirees do, right? They're not taking a job. They're only providing jobs. So the state of California instead is chasing out those people. In some cases, our gas, folks, are you ready for this, is twice the cost. 365, 385 a gallon. There are states that are Two dollars, two two oh five. I was just in Mississippi. It's two oh five. Arizona is two ten. It's almost, folks. Do you understand that this cannot go on forever? And instead of Sacramento going, whew, we tried an experiment, a social experience that didn't work. Instead, they're saying, whose fault is it that there's fifty eight thousand homeless people? If I showed you a picture of the slums of Haiti, 
and I showed you a picture of the slums of Guatemala, and I showed you a picture of downtown L.A., San Francisco, or San Diego, I can promise you most of you would not see the difference. You would think, oh, yeah, they're the same. If we were to say, hey, do you understand that there's human waste that runs down the middle of this? Oh, my gosh, those poor people in, in Haiti. What can we do? To no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, that's Vermont. That's La Cienega. That's, uh, that's uh, you know, Fairfax. You, wait a second. What? Yeah. Take a look at some of the houses that are beautiful on the hillsides. And right at the, at the bottom of their hill, you have tents. Like these people can afford a $250 tent from REI. So somebody's handing them out. Really? Uh, these people have better camping gear than some of the scouts that I've seen. And instead of saying, you know, we're going to take a stand on this, they're going to tax you because they think that's the right way to go. So now they've backed, backed up and chased people out. So businesses are leaving, right? A $50 an hour manufacturing job is gone. But there's the state of California and the governor and his, his ilk are going to say things like, well, you know, the, we created 1.9 million jobs in the last 10 years. Thank you, Governor Brown. Clap, clap, clap. You say, buddy, the job you created is a part-time worker at a discount clothing store or part-time worker at a restaurant. That's not a job of equal uh, taxpayer contribution as a $53 an hour, 40 plus hour a week employee at a manufacturing job or Toyota's administrators or Nestle's office managers. Those people are gone. So I'm telling you, if you think that the dollars that are added to the retirement accounts for the pensions are, gonna, are not going to change... I'm telling you, they have to change. There is a 100... I was listening yesterday to uh, um, one of the, the guys running for treasurer, GOP representative. First time I've heard somebody with guts actually have a conversation. He said something that blew my mind, which was exactly the same things we've been talking about. I'm like, there's nobody in politics saying it. And suddenly, we have somebody who talks the same language, which is this. There is a 100% chance, 100% chance that the money will run out. There's a 100% chance that there is $0 that will make, uh, allow, if you will, the California pension system to exist. Zero. None. It will not happen. Cannot happen. Does not. You get it yet? I mean, am I irritating you enough for you to go, hey, if I heard it, man, I'm going to turn the channel. Don't, don't turn it just yet. They have to make changes. You guys have to put pressure. I get that you have, a, you know, may, maybe many of you are in the middle or conservative leaning. I understand that. But you better put pressure on these uh, Democrat state legislatures. They, it's a one-party state. Your retirement plan, if you plan on retiring in California, you will be taxed significantly higher than what you expect. Property tax, gasoline tax, car registration. Do the math. Sit down and do the math. Say, what is my house uh, property tax? What is? Do you know your insurance? Do you know your car insurance has something called a premium tax? Do you know that? You actually have to pay a tax on the insurance that you pay for your homeowners, your car insurance, your life insurance. California has a tax. You need to realize because these are not going to change anytime soon unless you stand up and fight for this because there is nobody in the world that cares about this except you because they are not afraid of you because you're busy. You're working. Everybody's busy. I got stuff I'm doing. Jack Guerrero, that's who it is. Cudahy, Cudahy former mayor and city councilman. Jack Guerrero. Folks, I haven't listened to the other gentleman, but Jack Guerrero is right on, right on target, let me tell you. He knows, and listen, we spoke afterwards, he knows what he has to do to fix this. And it's going to be painful. The longer we wait, it will be more painful. So you have to fix this. You have to get rid of these clowns in Sacramento. Because nobody cares. They just keep spending money, and you and your family matter. 
Listen, Total Financial Solutions, our job is to help you eliminate these fees from your retirement accounts, have a strategy in place to get guaranteed sources of income. Real quick this week, we had a client come in. They thought they were paying uh, $65 a year in fees on one account and $45 a year in fees on another account. Between him and his wife, they thought, oh, we're paying about $110 a year. It was on a total of about $300,000. Ready for their fees? Hold on to this one. More than $1,000 a year in fees. And they have less money today than they did January 1st. So they have been paying fees and they have lost money. If their goal of yours is to keep your money, that's what we will do. We will keep you from going broke. We're not going to make you wealthy. That's your job. That's what your habits, that's, that's the income, that's the career path. That is going to make you wealthy. Our job is to keep you from going broke. I'm Arif Hallaby, folks. Total Financial Solutions, that's what we do. Reasonable gains, reasonable rates of return, and consistency, if you will, when it comes to managing your financial life. We can help. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Arif Hallaby. Thanks for listening to the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now, Arif Halaby. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.